0: Shabbat Shalom, and welcome to another episode of A Christian Voice. A new year always brings a look behind. It invites us to not only pause, but to stop. To examine where we were a year ago, compare it with where we are now, and decide what needs changed. Looking back on 2014, it was indeed a year of change for me. Many positive changes took place. There were times of negative change as well. I lost three of my best friends this last year. First, and it took me a while to process and grieve over this change, I lost the man I was supposed to marry, eventually, when I was finally ready for marriage, when the world was magically perfect for both of us, when all the obstacles were melted away like snow in a furnace, like climbing a ladder and our future was the top rung. Somehow, we both failed to grasp that when we arrived, it might have rotted away, due to neglect, or discouragement, or maybe even because we tried too hard and snapped it off. It may be that we were both obstinately clinging to just the idea of it, rather than the future reality, to the commitment. After all, we're both honorable people, aren't we? <clears throat> We fought last December, and I left him, not knowing we weren't going to speak again. It took time, and things being brought to my attention from the outside, to show me the loss. He wasn't even man enough to tell me himself. So it was the second time my heart broke over him. A twenty-four-year relationship, flawed, cracked, and tenuous as it was, separated more often than together. I think neither of us realized just how fragile our friendship could be. That nearly a quarter of a century could really be snapped just like that. I'm still not entirely sure why or even how it happened. I know part of it was due to sin. Sin not only separates us from God, but from each other. It doesn't matter what the sin is. The magnitude is also irrelevant. We chose sin and it broke us. We always just moved on from disagreements before. The commitment was very real, I still believe, and very strong on both sides. We always just worked it out in the past and kept going forward. Now, I don't blame him. We had come to a place where passion was a distant memory, where he might plant a fatherly kiss on my forehead. That was occasionally allowed I might softly pat his hand as we sat side by side in a public place. Mostly. We just smiled at each other, believing we were in mutual understanding. We defended each other when necessary. We stood up for each other's viewpoint, even when it wasn't our own. We clung tightly to the places we did agree. There are different types of love. What I had with him was very sweet— Even though, when challenged, I would have to admit, my heart was pretty cold. Not uncaring, but not any better than warm. (laughs) Definitely not marriage material. My actions were harder than they needed to be when he tried to move too fast. (laughs) Writing this, I can see how absurd it is to even claim moving fast, when we're talking about decades here. (laughs) But that's where it was. That's where my heart was i also feel foolish because i now want someone else to move in like one day i'm totally ready when and if he ever gets around to moving big if (laughs) i can believe in one man's love lasting a lifetime but not another's existing for a week without hearing from him i suppose i need to examine that don't i so i lost a dear friend our contact info has now changed and I have no way to reach out and apologize." Door closed. A few volumes of my life tossed on the fire, and I couldn't understand why they turned into smoke. I lost my other best friend last year, my dog. She was special. All dogs are faithful, but with this one it was tight. You know? The truest companion. She was game for everything, but with enough spirit to hold her own and not just follow passively. A very clever and mischievous bundle of love. She was ten. I lost another precious friend just after Christmas. Please refer to my last show, Lone Wolf, to hear about him. Missing them all. I lost a sort of faith this year. Faith in what I thought my future held. Faith in waiting and trusting that things will auto-magically work out the way I'd like them to, given enough time. Like the belief in evolution, time plus nothing will make the most magical and perfect results. No, it doesn't work that way. Now this is not to be confused with the truth that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. No, I'm talking more the -the run-of-the-mill, man's reasoning type of misplaced faith, that if it's meant to be, it will be. I already know that make it happen doesn't always. People quite often try their hardest and still don't succeed. So I lost something else this year. But I gained a better faith. I learned that it is still possible for life to surprise me. That I'm not stuck in solid ice anymore. That I'm not unfixable, unlovable. Now I knew from God's perspective that was true. I knew with Him my heart and my life were safe. That I'm loved, truly loved, enough for him to die for me. But with humans? I had no belief. I learned my life doesn't actually have to stay staring at a blank wall. The wall I created for myself over the years in self-protection. That, by golly, I may have something to give others after all. What else did I gain? A closer walk with God as he forced me to self-examine in isolation, isolation from work, even from service, from those I was holding a little too close to his place. As I have only been working piecemeal, I have had the time to dive into God's Word and just rest there, to stare out of a window and ponder the precious truths. He has also been helping me apply them. Praise God for His Holy Spirit. He convicts the world of sin and of righteousness. I gained a much-needed cleansing and refreshing this year. I gained self-awareness, a new perspective. I do tend to be my own harshest critic. I learned that easing up on myself and my demands for perfection allowed me to grant others the same. Or perhaps it was the other way around. Perhaps I finally saw that I could grant myself the charity I extend to others. Maybe a little bit of both. I gained at least one new career. I started writing for money again, which sounds horrid to an author's soul, but we really cannot live off of air. I wrote and published a long overdue book. I started freelance writing. I started a website to showcase my photography, another hobby that sometimes pays. I started this podcast. I even took a giant leap into the past past and bought some supplies to start painting again. We'll see where this new year takes that, if anywhere. I gained a closer, more adult relationship with my son. He didn't know anything about my life before he was born. He didn't know any of the things I just shared with you about myself. He just knew Mom. He has been a wonderful support in my life changes, always encouraging me, whatever I consider doing. It made me pause and wonder, do I treat him the same way? I had to think of the many times my auto responder is set to practical advice, discuss pros and cons first, support his decisions, second, instead of the open, loving support I receive from my wonderful son. I have learned to treat him as the capable, intelligent adult who largely makes really good decisions, which I would have been the first to say, but possibly the last to show. Sorry, my son. I faced death. Late 2013 and early 2014, I was one breath away. Well, really, we all are. Every moment of every day. Only one breath away from eternity. But I was shown it. I was very ill for a very long time, and I came very close to heaven. The Holy Bible says, Teach us to number our days. That we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. How true! I hope no one else has to learn it the way I did. It was a hard lesson, but a very valuable one. One I wouldn't toss away for anything. One I hope I will hold on to for the rest of my days on this earth. Because of my nearness to death, I faced life. Differently than ever before, I think. I faced doors. I faced walls. I face opportunities, I face living instead of surviving. I face the reality of no choice, indeed being a choice, of passivity versus action, of enjoying what is here while it is here, not grasping, not grabbing on, not being upset at inevitable loss, just reaching into the stream and letting good things flow into one's life and flow on as need be. The good ones are still worth experiencing. The great ones will stay. I gave more to others. I started to truly set myself aside in a conscious way for everyone in my life. To treat everyone as a friend, no matter what the reality was. Consequently, I became closer to those already friends, and became friends with those who had only been acquaintances. I became a better friend. I realized the silliness of classing people into mental and emotional groups, holding some at a distance while embracing others closely. Everyone in the past was at some point on that spectrum. I started loving freely. I stopped withholding out of fear of rejection, or even politeness, believing they don't care. Sure, there are those who really don't care. But I find that putting myself out for them doesn't hurt me anymore. It just makes me stronger in loving somehow. Rejection used to crush me. No longer. It's okay. Because the other party also has a choice. Their needs are just as valid as mine. Their desires, their yeses, and their noes. Because honesty is better. I became more honest with myself. I have always considered myself an honest person as a whole. I was surprised at how deeply deceitful I was with myself. Inside, never outside. I'd die before deliberately telling a lie. But I didn't see how dishonest I was in my heart of hearts. Patterned behavior as opposed to a heart change. Praise God Almighty, He changed my heart. I became a better daughter. Jesus told a parable in the Bible about a man who had two sons. He asked them both to do things for him one son willingly agreed oh yes father and went away and did not do it the other son said no way but turned around and did it after all jesus asks which of these did the will of his father which one pleased him of course it was the child who actually did his father's will well i'm afraid i've been that other son in the past I have said, Yes, Lord, I'll do anything for you. But then, on hearing what was required, no matter what it was, came back with, Goodness, but not that. I can't do that. <laughs> well, of course I can't. That's why I need him. I need to rely on him. That's what he's been trying to teach me all along. Submit, obey, and I, the Lord your God, will accomplish it. Yes, Lord! Exclamation point. AND NOW I GET TO WATCH WHAT WONDERS HE DOES IN AND THROUGH MY LIFE. YES, LORD. I BECAME MORE POSITIVE. IN THE PAST I WOULD HAVE SAID IT LIKE THIS, LESS NEGATIVE, WHICH IS THE NEGATIVE WAY TO VIEW THINGS. I LOVE IT WHEN GOD GIVES ME HIS PERSPECTIVE AND LETS ME GLIMPSE THE BEAUTY IN EVERYTHING, BECAUSE IT IS THERE. NOT FROM OUR limited POINT OF VIEW, OF COURSE, BUT FROM HIS, WHO SEES THE BIG PICTURE. So even where I cannot see it, I can trust that it is there. I can hold on to and believe, truly know that it is so. I can have a positive outlook, because of the good Lord's hands in all things. You may be asking, where is the good in this? Insert your own situation. Just wait, watch, trust, and ask. Ask Him. Ask God to show you. He will. You just have to listen and accept it when he answers you. So when is it okay to change? To alter things in your life, whether big or small. Folks, you can make that change right now, right now, whatever it is that's not right in your life, whatever you want to be different, whatever you seek or long for. The Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. That means every day you truly have a new start. If nothing is changing, it's because you're not grabbing the opportunity to do things differently. The slate is wiped clean. You're the one choosing to write the same old tale or to write something brand new. Write something beautiful into your life. It doesn't have to be big. Start small and treat yourself to that china teacup you've dreamed about since girlhood. Take one storage box from one room and have a good purge. Get back to the scrapbook you started when your teenagers were born. Buy your six-year-old daughter a pink parasol, like the one you wanted from The Sound of Music. Play a game of his choice with your son. Take an old friend their favorite snack, just because. Visit those in nursing homes and sing their favorite hymns with them. It doesn't matter whether you sound like me or have a great voice. They will be so happy just to have that love shown to them. Read a book to someone who can't hold it anymore, or can't read that impossibly small print. Walk your dog a little extra. The greatest change you can make today is to trade in your sin for Jesus' righteousness. His mercy is fresh and new and waiting for you. Just tell him in sincerity you'd like to make that change today. Ask for his forgiveness. Ask for a clean new heart, a new life. His answer is always yes. This is what it means to be born again. Your heart is born anew, like a baby leaving the darkness of the womb for the light outside, beginning a new journey of learning, exploring, growing. If you've just made that decision, your next step is to find a Bible-believing and preaching church. If you need any help or advice from me, or would like to share your decision to become a born-again Christian, Please feel free to message me at any time. Bibles are also available upon request, at no charge to you. They will be the King James Version. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2015. A Christian.